Welcome to our co-hosted podcast. I'm your host, Chuck Marple, with my co-host, Karen E. How are you doing tonight, Karen? I've been better. It's been a little bit stressful the last few days. I'm not surprised. And I'm doing pretty well, all things considered. Tonight, we're going to be exploring the news topic that is a buzz in our nation, the overturn of the landmark Roe versus Wade after almost 50 years of having that be entrenched within our constitutional programs. We're also going to take a look at a, a coal uh, or a similar thing that uh, this wonderful Supreme Court put out, and that was the expansion of gun rights. And we're going to look a little at it towards the end at uh, Clarence Thomas's goals. But let's start out a little bit of history. In my lifetime, the symbol of the abortion movement, the pro, pro, pro abortion, pro choice, that's, that's probably the best word of all to use, was a coat hanger. Because many women tried to abort themselves using that and died. Many women died in back alley corner abortions provided, provided by uh, people other than reputable doctors. Sometimes it was nurses, sometimes it was not, none of the above. And I'm afraid in some states that's going to happen again. The Supreme Court decided in their wonderful, great tradition as lifetime uh, appointments to take a second look at because of the Mississippi and other ones. And here we are at the point that we're uh, extremely, extremely upset as a nation. And that's all we need, another upsetting one. So let's take a look at what this means to women across the country. Karen, why don't you take it for a second here on your thoughts? I think that any time that you take a right from somebody, especially the right to uh, bodily autonomy, you can expect that there's going to be a lot of outrage. The number of people that didn't want to take a COVID shot for whatever motivations, medical, political, just didn't feel like it, uh, screaming that their body, their choice, uh, those are the same people in some cases that don't support a woman's right to her bodily autonomy and the ability to choose how she'll live her life and when she'll become a mother. And uh, RBG was was adamant that only a woman can decide when she's ready for that. And it it, it saddens me that women are now second-class citizens in this country that don't have the right, the same rights as a corpse. A corpse has more rights to their body than a woman. It is a sad thing. I think that, you know, whether you oppose the concept of abortion on whatever grounds, I don't feel men particularly have any right to tell all women in this country what they can do with their own bodies. It is a very, very sad testament that this will be able to happen. And the sad thing, the, the maddest thing for me is that the five justices that really made the difference on it were all appointed by presidents who lost the popular vote and won on the corrupt and racist electoral college. It is it's disgusting, and particularly these last three, and the worst one of all is the way that Amy Coney Barrett got on there. It was the hypocrisy of Mitch McConnell. He couldn't do Merrick Garland when there was eight or nine months left before the election, but he could do her when there were six weeks left before the election. It's a disgusting thing, and that's a disgusting man 
who fought his way for years just to have that happen. It's also frustrating that you have single issue voters that don't necessarily like Trump as a person, but felt that he could help them achieve their goals to tell other people what to do with their bodies and not even realize how sickening that is and how it, this could be a very slippery slope with a lot of people losing rights they've taken for granted their entire life. Yeah, we're going to get to that towards the end. Um, I think it was Alice Stewart, a Republican strategist, a normal Republican strategist, who said that what happened was many of them held their nose to vote for Trump so that this moment could happen. And I think that's a probably a pretty disgusting thing to, to allow that one item to do it just because they had these strong views. The majority, over 60% of the population, said Roe should be left alone. Exactly. If, if 50 years isn't something that's entrenched into our society, then, then nothing is safe. No rights are safe at this point unless they're explicitly spelled out in the Constitution, according to these people. Yeah, that's what they said. They, they only believed in enumerated rights. They tend to forget up with the necessary and proper, or what we call the elastic clause in there that says to make laws that are necessary and proper to follow what's in the Constitution, which is things like uh, privacy and equal rights under the 14th Amendment. It is a very disgusting thing when they want to go back and try and put words into the uh, writers of the Constitution. For instance, Alito was saying that because abortion wasn't mentioned in the Constitution or the amendments, that they didn't care about it. They didn't have, have a specific uh, reason to reason on that. Well, life was a lot different back at that time than it is today. I don't think they ever thought that women would be having rights anyways. So I think that you know it's a very frustrating thing when they go back and try and use that as their uh, starting point on this. I mean, there's a lot of things out there that were not enumerated in the Constitution that through various laws and various actions have been approved since. So it's, it's, it's a very specious argument. It's like for um, people with disabilities. So are we going to no longer protect people in wheelchairs or people that are blind, you know, reducing their access to live a full life? That, that's not in the Constitution either. Yeah, and yet, yet, will they touch that? Who knows? Who knows? But I, I think there'll be enough outrage for them to not get much farther, hopefully. Hopefully. Hopefully this is going to be enough of a, a stimulus for voters in November in the midterms so that they can make sure that neither body, the House of Representatives or the Senate, goes into full control of, the, uh, of either House. We can't have the Republicans take over either, or certainly not the Senate, because it is far too powerful. We can't give Mitch McConnell the majority leader's position again. It just uh, would, I can't even imagine what he would do for two years to block everything that came in there to make sure that the Democrats lost in the 24 election. All the things that have come up about the former president and his inner circle and what they've tried to do really make this even more sour in our mouths because it is this power for power's sake. And that's, that's what Mitch McConnell's used, power for power's sake, because he, he wanted to do one or two things to put the conservatives in power. He's willing to sacrifice basically 51 to 52% of the population's 
basic rights, the autonomy of their own body. I really feel like the only thing that that women can do at this point is to become celibate. Don't 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 have relations with anyone in power. No, no no congressman. Like if you're their mistress, don't don't do anything. You know, like just vote that way because I, I don't see any other way that these men will be impacted by that decision. The 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 nastiness that I've seen from some of the people pro life that women should just keep their legs closed and any any time they make a decision to have sexual activity, they're that they should understand that they could become pregnant from that. And so therefore women should become celibate. Yeah, that, that'll be a thing. It's going to make a lot of men unhappy. That's too you know, bad. It, it, is a, it is too bad because if the, the men who don't support women in this are, are disgusting on this. You know, they, I don't believe that for religious reasons only that should be enough because they were very, very clear in the writing that they did not want the religion to control the government, nor the government to control religion. They wanted freedom in both arenas. Particularly, they did not want a national church. And many of these these evangelicals want to make Christianity be the national religion no matter what. Particularly Southern Baptist. What I'd like to see happen is any state that, that tries to enact laws against abortion, I would like for people of other religions, particularly, you know, Jewish women and pagan women and such to, to sue because that's a violation of their religious rights. You know, in the, in the Jewish faith, if the, if the mother's life is at risk, she's required to have an abortion. Yeah. There's a lot of things out there that impacted other religions. Uh, people believe no religion at all. Why, do these men particularly think they have the right to tell all women what they can do with their own bodies? And again, you brought up the concept of they were the first ones out there to say, don't touch my body. I'm not going to put that in there, even though it was a public health thing. But the abortion truly, truly physically, emotionally, everything, it only affects the woman involved. They can argue everything else about pro-life and everything. But they're, they're, it's not surprising because there's science deniers. So, they're saying life begins at conception. There's no scientific proof that life begins at conception. Life does not truly begin until they have the ability to live outside the womb. And that is way beyond what they're trying to legislate. What What is really funny to me, though, is I've known people that have had stillborn babies that were of the Catholic faith. And that baby was not allowed to be buried in a Catholic cemetery because it was never alive. It never took a breath. So the Catholic church needs to get itself right. Which one do you believe? And then apply that universally and stop, either stop rejecting people that honestly believe your religion or admit that you're wrong. Well, what they're trying to say is that they have not been baptized. They can't, they can't go to heaven at all. There's, they're, they're, into what they would call, and we use it in other terms now, limbo. But these, all these unbaptized un, uh, babies that are sinless, even under the Catholic Church, they cannot be in there with Jesus. And anybody who really reads the scriptures know that's not the kind of, of, of God that most that is really in the New Testament. 
Jesus believed in love and he believed one thing that above all else, that you had to be as faithful as a child to enter the kingdom. So, so much of it is, is, is so frustrating to me because you can get pregnant and carry this child that is never going to live because it has some sort of abnormality or some condition that as soon as it's born, it's in extreme pain for an hour and then it dies. I mean, I guess in the Catholic church, just baptize it in that hour and, and you're good. But how can the Catholic church believe that somehow that's anybody's fault if a baby is born stillborn? How can that be? How can that baby be in limbo with people that didn't believe enough or didn't pray enough or didn't ask for forgiveness and confession? Like how, how can they classify that at the same level? Well, they believe in big, they're big time on punishment. Uh, the first abortion that I knew anything about under the law, I worked with a young woman and actually it was uh, right after your mother had lost a child through a miscarriage. And she came around saying she got pregnant, which was kind of not very politic on what we had gone through. So what happened, she went along a couple of months and then they couldn't find a heartbeat. And when they looked closely, they found out that this uh, this uh, creature, I mean, I, I can't call it truly a baby, I guess we can call it a fetus at that point, had no spine. And if it survived birth, it would only live a few hours. So she had the, had the ability back then to do that. If they said under the law today, she would have to carry that all the way. And now there's laws that are saying when you get to that point, you have to pay for a funeral. You have to have all the, do all those kinds of things too. And it's the so, same thing about, you know, you mentioned that mom had a miscarriage. And I, and I know from, you know, being your child and living with you for all those years that it was a very painful experience for both of you, imagine if the state came along and wanted to investigate you to figure out what really happened. Like you're already just heartbroken because you've lost this baby you were very excited about, and now you have to defend yourself to prove that you didn't do it intentionally. Yeah, and if she would have carried it all the way, we wouldn't have had you. I know. So there had to be there had to be a purpose, uh, the purpose of the Lord. And one of the nice things uh, the the doctor's nurse said, you know. She called it priming the pump that, that that her body wasn't ready, and there was some reason why that didn't carry to fruition. And certainly it is because we're so happy you're here. But imagine but, if you had to be investigated, like you'd done oh, something wrong. Yeah, and they're they're talking about all these kinds of things that could, uh, in some of these ones, you could be charged with. You get in a car accident and, when you were drinking or something, and and you can be charged with murder if you lose the it baby. Just, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Like pregnancy is not easy. It's very hard on your body. And some, for some people it is easy for other people like me, all their iron gets leached out of their body. They have, you have no energy for at least four months. You can't really function in any sort of normal capacity. And I chose that and that's fine. That was, I, I chose to do that, but thinking about having to do that and being forced to do that because somebody that doesn't know me said I had to, it just angers me. Yeah, That's a I, big I, sacrifice to, to carry a baby to term. 
that's a commitment and being forced to do that because somebody else told you it's wrong to not do that is very frustrating. Well, let's get back to the concept of babies and bodies. They're talking about if a girl, a child really, is raped by her father or seduced by her father, whatever, 10, 11, 12 years old and gets pregnant by him, that she still is expected to deliver, even though that may be a killer. killer. And we throw in one other determinant in this country. We have the highest maternal death rate of any of the so-called first world countries in the entire planet to have that. And if it's a minority one, and minorities are going to be more affected by this because so many of them are in these states that are putting the laws in, that it's, it's going to be, it's going to go through the roof. Many more women are going to die because of this. Just that fact. It's going to be numbered in the thousands before they before it really gets going in all these states. That's pretty disgusting too, just because they have this concept that life begins at conception. I just want to double back a little bit on something that you said. You talk, you, you use the term uh, a, a child, essentially, of 11 or 12. You said being raped or, or seduced by their father. That's not possible. With the age of consent, if you're under the age of consent, you're not seduced. You're it's rape. It just straight up is rape. Well, that's so true, that, they, that's they, 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 yeah. Go ahead. Like uh, if you're if you're trying to talk about the kind of verbiage they use, I, I I see what you're saying with that. But I just want to be very clear with everybody that that's that's not possible. It, no, the it's age rape. of consent exists for a reason, and yeah, it, it, it's rape. It's, when I say seduced, they sign trying to say that the kid try to do that. I'm saying from their terms, not from, from Got it. the reality. The legal Just making sure. But yeah. what, what, what it, I don't know if you've ever uh, done a, like a informal, I've done an informal study, essentially looking at the titles of articles. And there was a child, I think of 11, that was on a school bus in Watertown a few years ago, where she was raped by her bus driver. And he did not go to jail. The court said it was just one girl, but she was 11 years old. And in every article, they called her a young woman and not a child, young woman. And that's the sort of verbiage that they use. Yeah. And the media should be using what it truly is, a child, because what they're doing is minimizing the, 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 the most terrible act that you could do. An adult, uh, Raping, you're right. I mean, there's no other word to truly use it for anybody under the age of 18. Or then you'll see and doing it. You'll see them if 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 there's a male that's done something and he's 18 or 19, they'll say young. They'll say teenage boy. So women are young women at at 11, but an 18 year old or 19 year old adult male is a young teenage boy. So it's it's that sort of of slant that, well, that ends at, up look looking at, badly yeah well look at the, the 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 amount of women who are who get raped and they get the rapists they go to trial and the court judges the judges in the court sometimes will blame them for what they're wearing what they've done and everything else and now you're saying that through all that even though you've all written and that sentenced those men to prison of They'll say, well, they've been in jail for three months uh, awaiting a trial, and that's good enough. 
That's not good enough. Rape is rape, and we, we've got to get away from this paternalistic justice system that says that women are subjected to, are supposed to be subjected by men. I mean, that women are no longer considered property in any place in this country. And yet, the courts, many courts, are not accepting that. They're still saying that the man was uh, somehow tricked into doing this rape or was so aroused, forgetting that rape is not a sexual crime. Rape is a crime of power. And there's no other way to to describe it. It's one of the things that, you know, everybody can do is to start looking at the types of things they say. And I don't, I do not mean this in any way to be critical of you, but you said just now when a a woman gets raped, no, a woman gets uh, something to drink. She gets a new job. She doesn't choose to be raped. It's something that happens to her. So you would say he raped her. She didn't get raped. She didn't, it sounds like she's volunteering for something. You know what I'm saying? Like looking at it through the purest lens of English, it's something that's happened to her, not something that she chose to do. Okay. People realize that our daughter was an English major and she corrects me on a regular basis. So if I use terms that can be used in a different way. So I'm just, I'm, I'm just trying. It's not, it's not just you though. It's just like people need to like oh, kind of look at it the way that the way they say it, the way they frame it what a woman wears, what her history is, what, who her friends are, what she's doing, i.e. even if she's started playing a game of strip poker with some male friends, at any point, she can say, I'm done. She does not have to continue. Consent, there's no situation where consent can't be revoked. and, And people need to understand that. No means no. And, and that can no, happen at any it's not, time. It's, it's not, 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 there's no equivocation on that. If a woman says no, then she damn well should be listened to. Or those men should pay the price, the ultimate price. They should not, certainly, somebody who takes advantage of a woman in any way, shape, or form, or takes advantage of I anybody, also, but particularly a woman, should be held accountable by the law and punished accountably. Another interesting factor of this is a, uh, kind of bringing it back around uh, is what about the the male piece of this pregnancy is he going to be expected to provide half of the woman's support when she's pregnant since he is involved in the creation of that child is he going to be paying support for her medical bills for you know anything that she needs throughout the pregnancy and in post childbirth like that's that's another part of it she didn't do this alone there's not like a factory that you go to to go get to go get a baby. There's a male involved in this. That's that's getting off scot free. This is true. They've got to look at look at that in in the and uh, considering all these. Now we talked a lot about what happens to these women and why they they want them to have the child. But what is interestingly enough is that when you get down to after that child is born, how suddenly things change. There are many legislators in the Congress and in the states who don't want to have like formula, certain kinds of formula covered by WIC for women, infant children. 
that they limit what can be on there. So now you can have them, but you can't get the nutrition that they need. You have to find some way to pay for it above and beyond any kind of government assistance. So if you take a 14, 15 year old girl who gets pregnant, whatever the reasons, and she obviously she can't go out and get a real job to support herself or anything, and they're forcing her to bear this child. And may and, and many of these kids, if they get into foster, they get out there, they may or may not get adopted. Particularly, a child of color may not be as fast to get adopted. So what 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 what's going to do there? You have abandoned this creature that you insisted on bringing to fruition as a child. And then you abandon them when they become a child. That is another level of hypocrisy in all of this. You know, you force the woman to have this child. And then you abandon them to whatever resources they have. And you don't care. You don't care. There's a racial in, uh, point to this too, which is pretty obvious. Because the majority of, of, uh, of the people who push this forward are in fact white males. Yes, there are many white females to push it, but if you look at the number of black women that are involved in the so-called, I'll call it anti-choice because it's not truly pro-life because they're hypocrites about other areas that, as far as life goes. But it, it is very frustrating that men, white men and white women put this on everybody regardless of their feelings. When 60% of the population wanted Roe to stand, the Supreme Court, in fact, in my opinion, did the second worst decision in their entire history. The first worst decision was the Dred Scott decision. The Dred Scott decision probably brought on the Civil War as much as anything else did. When Justice Taney, who was the Chief Justice, said that the slave is a property, no matter where they are. If the owner dies or the owner transfers or goes somewhere else in a free state, there's still a slave in that state. And if they escape or try to get away, that they're still required to be caught and brought back to the owners. Either the inherited owners, the owner themselves. That is the worst case of all we've had because slavery was probably it was the worst stain on our, our country. We had a lot of other stains, but that was probably the worst because it still is affecting the world, the country today. This is the next worst one. So in the 200 years plus, to about 230 years or two or so of the Supreme Court, we are at right this moment at the second worst decision in their history. That was really profound and passionate. Uh, another thing too, sort of, you know, you're talking about feeding a baby. Let's take that one step further. Um, or I mean, a step back. There's no type of parental leave in this country that is guaranteed for everybody that, that has a child, whether they're male or female. And if you have a woman that is doing the very best she can to, to keep herself afloat, and not be on welfare and she's say a manager at mcdonald's and she does okay where she lives you know she pays her rent pays all her bills doesn't need any public assistance has this child and there there's no 
this is another issue. There's no daycare that's going to take a six-week-old, but that's not the issue. Child care in general is an issue, but she can't take her child anywhere. And so if she doesn't have any support, how is she supposed to go back to work after she gets home from the hospital from having this baby? She can't. She has to heal. So we have zero support for for new mothers and fathers. I would argue that fathers are not supported either. Some places have, some companies, private companies have generous paternity leave. And some places, employers allow you to carry leave over from year to year. So if you're a planner, you can save up your, your vacation time. So you have time with your child after it's born if you're a male. But what we're not talking about is this expectation that you're going to like squat in a field, have a baby and get right back to work. It doesn't work that way. This isn't a country where you take your baby to work on your back. Like it's dangerous in a lot of environments, but not only that, you you just simply can't. And how do you pay for your child to be healthy? How can you afford to take them to the doctor if you're just getting by? Is that the situation where those people want to say you shouldn't have done anything that you got you pregnant in the first place. And that I think is what is most infuriating. There is no choice there. Well, one of the sad things that has happened since 2016 and it continues today because Republicans still have too much control because Sergio, the mega Republicans, not all Republicans, but the mega Republicans, is that they've taken us backwards. And this was just taking us back, backwards the furthest of anything. They, they have uh, uh, unbelievably, under these laws and these decisions, taken us back to, the, to before the 1950s and, and so on. And let's take it again beyond that and go forward, go back a couple of days before when the Supreme Court struck down New York State's law, which is going to strike down many other laws throughout the country, about needing a reason to carry a concealed weapon. Essentially, giving carte blanche to everybody throughout this country to say, well, I'm afraid, afraid for my, my safety, so I want to carry a gun. So who's going to be the suffering? Again, many, many of these children, because a lot of this is going to happen, a lot of this violence is going to happen in areas of poverty. Poverty is probably the number one problem that we face in, in, in the crime waves that we're having, murder included on that. Gangs are could do it because out of frustration, they're, 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 they can't break out of these systems. The education system fails them. There's so much down, down on there. So that was, that was the second thing. Now, the final thing, if we want to look at this and take it one step further, Clarence Thomas now let's get a little bit more background on that. Clarence Thomas's wife is a super conservative and has helped direct the uh, election deniers in so many ways. She belongs to some of the most conservative groups. She encouraged Mark Meadows to continue fighting in the courts and elsewhere, and including right up to January 6th. But let's go back to Thomas himself. Thomas, in his opinion, the current opinion in there, talked about he wants to revisit contraceptives. He wants to re- revisit, revisit uh, gay marriage. He wants to revisit even 
I even uh, loving one which involves interracial marriage. So all these things that we've taken for granted for 50 plus years in some cases, in some cases only uh, 10 or 15 years, could be out the window. Actually, no, he doesn't. He did not specifically mention the interracial marriage one because he's in an interracial marriage. He would he would vote okay. against that, I think. But that makes it even more despicable that he would remove rights from other people that have no bearing on him and his life. Okay, I could be wrong on that one. I know that as far as equality, oh, I know what was it? I forgot. Was it's it? the Texas one, the yeah. sodomy one was the other one. Yeah, so they, they put these, he's talking about that he wants to change these things. Now, whether or not you have an, well, anybody has an opinion on any of those things. What we want to do is preserve the rights that have been out there. Everybody has a right to opinion, but do, do they have the right to take those rights away that have been given to these people? I mean, you know, it was a big fight for all of those things. It was a big fight. We the uh, Margaret Sanger went to prison and back in the early 1900s because she was advocating birth control. In the, up until the late, until the really almost 1970, in New York State, you could not buy a condom to prevent pregnancy. The only way they had to advertise for condoms was to prevent disease. That, that, that was the only way you could sell a condom. There was no birth control available. Finally, they did come up with birth control, and then finally the laws did change and say condoms could be used for, could be sold for a birth control reason. It just shows the narrowness of how things were less than 50 years ago or a little bit more than 50 years ago. This is disgusting to, to all of us. We should be ashamed of it. And the one final point I want to make before I give Karen a chance to make a final point is that right now, an awful lot of countries of the world are looking at us and saying, what the hell happened in that country? We were progressive leaders in so many ways, and we are going backwards. There's a great commercial now talking about our governor, Governor Kemp, showing him taking, the, taking uh, Georgia backwards, backwards about gun laws, backwards about abortion, back in time. And that's, that's what the conservative, the Trump idea of the Republican Party wants to go. They want to go back in the past. Karen, what's your final thoughts on this? I was born in 1976, three years after Roe was, was passed. So I have lived until Friday in a world where I thought I had all the choices. I thought I could do anything. I'm raised in a world where I could join the military and serve for 20 years in a male-dominated aviation field in the Air Force and have spent time telling uh, Pakistani men and Turkish men what's going to happen with their aircraft and our aircraft. And today I sit in a place where abortion is illegal, where I think that if these right far right-wing people had their way, I would have never had those opportunities. And I would have never been able to choose exactly when I had children and 
it makes me sick to my stomach to think that my daughter doesn't have the same choices in life that I did. There's a good chance that this stuff will will be gone and maybe we can get it back by the time she's 18 but she's going to grow up in a different world than i did i won't let her grow up in a different mindset than i did but her and her cousins all of them are staring down the barrel of a proverbial gun that is taking away their choices and also potentially staring down the barrel of a literal gun because gun rights are more important to those people than bodily autonomy rights. I agree. We're not done with this, ladies and gentlemen. Karen and I are going to do some more. We haven't talked too much about yet, but we're going to do do some more podcasts more often now, looking at some of these issues again and revisiting as we see things happen, protests, etc. on this. This is not, not over by a long shot. And we will do what we can to do it and hoping we'll have some more guests on to talk about this and other issues that are important to all of us. But this was a timely issue that we both wanted to cover. And thank you for listening. Have a great evening. God bless you. And God bless this great nation, or at least the great nation that was until Friday. Have a good evening. Good night. And we're...